to this is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. This weekend's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind, I have Sharon on the line, and she's going to share her experience of being, I think, the third cruise ship back to Freeport, Bahamas. Of course, Grand Bahama Island went through that just devastating hurricane in early September. And so Sharon was booked prior before the hurricane on this ship, and she decided to go to Freeport to see what she could do to help them out and uh, just experience the island post-hurricane because obviously they do need visitors over there. So Sharon, as I just said, you booked this cruise months ago, but were you able to keep those same dates or did they have to push it because of the island being closed for a little while? No, what happened was that they, um, I kept calling and they said, well, next week we'll let you know, next week we'll let you know. And I think I was on the third ship that actually went as a tourist ship. Mm -hmm. Before that, they were taking supplies and, you know, water and stuff like that. So they really weren't using it as a vacation cruise. Mm -hmm. But um, after after that, it was like when I took this cruise the first time, I went on the Grand Classica first. Mm-hmm. So they had a single rate of one seventy nine per um, per passenger. So I I jumped on that, and I liked it. It was like two two nights, three days. You know, you just go to Freeport, you hang out there for the day, you turn around, come back. It was um, it was a nice little getaway, you know, to get uh, get my two cruises a year in. Yeah, because last time we spoke, you sailed the Queen Mary 2. This is quite the opposite of Queen Mary 2. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. Like, what made you want to take this cruise? Yeah, it was a, it was a very good deal. I did the Classica before. And, you know, if you want to go on just the old-school type of cruise, you know, you don't have the rock-climbing wall or any of that crazy stuff, this is perfect. You know, I take off a Friday, get on board, um, it was really good. I enjoyed that. So I decided to do it again. And I really didn't think I was going to get on this ship, to be honest with you. There were only 600 people on wow. the ship, and, and it could hold like 1,500, 1,600. Mm-hmm. So it was really, um, it was not what you would expect from my real cruise. 600 people on board, so you're not even half full. Was the ship like a ghost town? Oh, it, it was definitely big, big difference. A lot of people had left in a um, sort of it, like a humanitarian mm-hmm. visit. A lot of church groups were on board. I brought two huge suitcases of clothes, just myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you kind of had a different type of feeling when you were going on this cruise. You know, there was not that uh, uh, really big party feeling getting on, you know, getting stepping on the boat. But it was still very, it was very nice. I did like the celebration better than the Classica because the celebration was an old um, carnival ship. Mm-hmm. So you had that, that extra space in the uh, Classica was a Costa ship. So I just liked, I liked the layout a little bit better. Yeah, Carnival Celebration was the very first Carnival cruise ship we got here in Jacksonville in the early 2000s. And I remember sailing on it in 2005, and I thought, wow, this is a pretty state-of-the-art ship. But now looking at it, you know, when it's docked in Freeport, when you're on a bigger Carnival ship or Royal Caribbean ship, it's like, wow, that's really not that big of a ship any longer. Definitely not. But, you know, it, it's 
it checks all the boxes. You know, you had all your clubs and um, dining and all that. How would you compare the Grand Celebration to the ship you just sailed in July, the Queen Mary 2? It's our last conversation. I love being out at sea. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just love watching, you know, watching the, the ocean go by. Very big difference. Very, very big difference. And this, uh, I started out, I had an, um, when, well, when you walk on the ship and the, uh, and the Queen Mary too, that, you know, it was like big, uh, party almost. When you walk on this ship, there wasn't really as much going on. The, um, the atrium, it wasn't pink. I expected it to look more carnival-like, mm-hmm. but it, um, it was pretty tasteful. So you walk on the ship, uh, that first atrium, you just have your basic desk, excursion desk, desk, um, what else? Mm-hmm. You know, your, your, um, your regular normal stuff that you would see as soon as you get on a cruise ship. I don't remember that class of ship. I mean, it's, heck, it's been, I think, 15 years since I've sailed it last. Um, when you walk into the, onto the celebration, is it the big, huge atrium like the fantasy class ships have? Yeah, but they what they did, they put a circular couch in the middle. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. That that worked out really well because you, you didn't have that. Um, it seemed classier. It mm-hmm. seemed like they, they took the core that they used to have and kind of rip it out and put in put in touches like that. So that was pretty nice. This class of ship never had a lot of balcony class staterooms because balconies weren't really the thing when this ship was launched. Um, what kind of stateroom did you book? I booked the inner cabin. And I knew because the last time I I took this cruise, I had the ocean view. Mm-hmm. And I was never in the cabin anyway. So I just, I just went with the interior. Yeah, most of the cabins are ocean view. You have like what they say, like twelve balconies. It was not, yeah. You can tell from that class of ship that you know very, very old stuff. It was fine though. My 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 uh, stateroom was pretty cool. You know, I had my plugs. Everything was where it should be. I had a lot of space to put my stuff. I didn't bring much stuff for myself. I just mm-hmm. had. Uh, I had asked my church and people I knew. Just give me whatever you have. So I brought blankets, I brought clothes, I brought, you know, anything that I could find and fit in my suitcases. I felt that that was, that was a good thing to do. And I gave them to the, um, one of the church group that were there. Yeah, I was going to ask you how the distribution worked. So you just kind of handed it to the, one of the groups that was on board and they took care of it for you. Oh, yeah. No, they were, they were very... It, It was nice to feel like you were making a little bit of difference. I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, what the heck, I'm not doing anything that great. But um, it it just felt good to do that. So some of the people on board were were going to the, actually going to the soup kitchen and, and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And I didn't realize there were a lot of people still on that island that were coming back or going off the island. That was one of the things the cruise ship did in the beginning is they used it as transportation for mm-hmm. the um, for the residents. Good cruise line. Yeah, when you when you first docked there and you got off the ship in Freeport, what was the vibe like? Like, was there an eerie vibe because you knew that the place was decimated, the island, not Freeport, but the island was decimated like a month prior, or were things kind of business as usual? No, not business as usual. What you saw when you when you got to the port. 
you saw these big um, containers, and they had uh, generators in them. They had, you know, building materials, blocks, everything. You could tell that on the other side of the island, there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you didn't get that feeling of, of, you know, business as usual. Were you able to leave the cruise port at all when you were there? Yes, I did. I went, um, they only, they had one excursion, just one, mm-hmm. that you could go to Tiano Beach, where they had like a little beach club. So I jumped on that because I really wanted to, I wanted to go to this island and spend some money and get these, you know, find out what the, these people are doing with their lives now that they've lost everything. So I did go there. Um, I spoke to some of the people, the residents there, well, one gentleman that set up my umbrella, he said, "Well, you know, things are okay. We don't have a house, but we're, you know, we're we're eating again." So, um, yeah, that was a, it was a weird, weird type of vibe, but um, you know, they they were they were happy. They were happy to have us there. They were happy to have tourists there. Your fellow passengers, uh, did you connect with any of them and have any conversations about Freeport or like when the church group you handed your um, donations off to, did they give you a report of like where your things went or anything like that? No, they they just were they're taking, like the cruise ship itself would just keep unloading water and, and all sorts of stuff. So you could tell they were just giving out to the island every single time they went. So I don't really know where my, my clothes went to, my mm-hmm. blankets and all of that. But I had to go someplace good for people that don't have anything. So, What did you think yeah. about Tiano Beach? I, I went there for the first time in May when I was on Carnival Sunrise, and we had a really good time there. I felt like they they kind of feed you to death and nickeled and dimed you. But looking back now, I mean, after the hurricane, I would be completely cool with that. But as far as like the beach, the landscape, the vibe there, I like the beach club. The, the um, it was it was toned down. The last time I went to Freeport, I went to the Grand Lucaya mm-hmm. uh, Hotel. I like doing that. Uh, you know, you go for the beach break, and they give you everything right there. This was not like that. This, this was just like a a little beach hut type thing. You know, you had the open bar. The beach itself was fine. It was a beautiful day. The beach was fine. It was, it, you know, you had that, you had that same vibe you have at a at a beach club. People were, you know, I just, I just threw twenties at everybody. Yeah. I was, uh, maybe, maybe because you know you're watching on TV what was going on, and and the Bahamas were beat up the most because the hurricane just stopped there. So. Um, yeah, the people were very friendly. I've talked to a few of fellow guests, and they were, you know, very, they they felt the same way. They felt the same way, and um, it was nice. It was nice to go there and see that, uh, you know, the people were working. I'm sure they were happy to be working again. The trip there in the bus, the man that was um, telling us about the island you know, he had a lot of pride. He had a lot of pride in this island. He was like, you know, we're going to rebuild. We're going to, we're, you know, we're going to welcome you guys back. Thank you for coming. So they, they really were happy that we were there. How did the cruise line prepare you guys for, like, I don't want to say for what you're about to see, but obviously, I mean, everyone knows what happened. Did they 
kind of say anything to you before you got to Freeport? Yeah, they said, um, you know, it's not going to be, because I asked, well, what kind of uh, facility is this? Because I'm, you know, she says, no, there's no pool. There's there's none of none of those things. You're going to, you know, the food they had was very, everything on um, on the island was kind of, you know, there wasn't a lot of, they gave you food for a buffet, but it's not like your huge buffet you would normally get in, in like a hotel or anything that like that. This was like chafing dishes, chafing mm-hmm. dishes, um, kind of cutbacks from that. But I didn't, I didn't expect it was going to be the, you know, well, what I experienced before when I went to Freeport. Were there any visual signs of damage between the port and going to Tiano Beach? Yes, definitely. And and the funny it's not funny, but it was probably much worse on other side of the island because mm-hmm. you're looking, and of course the trees are blown over, and you can tell that they cleared out, you know, major area because they probably didn't want to scare anybody. But, um, yeah, you did see damage. You did see houses with roof, you know, the roof is gone. Trees are like upside, they look like they were upside down, the roots were up in the air. So, yeah, you did see damage. Wow, yeah, it's amazing, like, how it just stalled over Grand Bahama Island and gave them hell for like 36 hours. Yes. Back at the port itself, were the local vendors and shops open for business? Maybe a handful Mm -hmm. of them. I mean, it was not even enough to really notice. There was a lot um, there. I don't think they... I don't think they had a lot of, um, like, you know, you normally get the crafts and all that. They mm-hmm. they really didn't have very much of that. It was maybe like five vendors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually just looked at pictures before this, and it looked like that, that port area had a lot going on. So, uh, you know, all that stuff must have got flooded or something because you didn't really you didn't really see any of it. You didn't see the little shacks or the the little setups for, you know, whatever and coffee or whatever. All those things weren't there. Yeah, it also makes you wonder if, like, the workers that were working those booths, if they were you know impacted by the storm with their house and they were trying to get their lives in order before they came back. You know? Yeah. No, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure that was the case. That's yeah. interesting. Um, getting back onto the cruise ship here, as far as the dining options on the Grand Celebration, um, I know there was the main dining room there. Was there like a buffet and specialty, or what kind of restaurants are on there? They had the usual, um, you know, you had your main dining room. Since they had so few people on the cruise ship, they, like, cut off one side of the dining room. So, you know, it wasn't – I'm going to say this. Now, because I can't give a whole, you know, the whole feeling of the ship because there weren't very many people on it. Sure. So, you know, the the tone in the dining room, yes, everybody's having their dinner. They only had one seating for dinner, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a little odd. And they gave you the hours. It was like 6 o'clock to 7.30. So if you didn't go in the dining room during that time, I, you know, you were you were out of luck. The dining room was very good. I went there the first night. They put me at a table since I was traveling alone. They put me at a table with a lot of people, and that's where I got to, you know, talk to some of the, the fellow passengers and why they were there. And um, I had my favorite Indian food, which was excellent. So that was the, the main dining room. They had a couple of, 
a la carte restaurants. One is called the Rock Grill, where mm-hmm. they give you the little, what is it, like a, a hot stone or something like that, and you get to cook on top of it. Yeah. I only saw one group of girls in there, but they looked like they were having fun. So they, uh, it looked enjoyable. I didn't do that. I didn't go to that. And they had one other pay-for restaurant, Admiral's Club. And that one I went to on the Classica, that was excellent. That was excellent. They had, you know, I had lobster. Um, what else did I have? It was really good. So I didn't go up in that dining room this time around, but I know it was good on the Classica. And then the buffet. The buffet really impressed me because I was expecting, you know, to tell the truth, it was it was better than on the Queen Mary 2 wow. because it seemed like the food was fresh. It, you know, they... Um, I had fish for lunch. It was like really good. You could tell it was like you know it, it didn't been it wasn't hanging around forever. Mm-hmm. And breakfast time they had like real scrambled eggs. They had there were a lot of nice touches in the in the um, in the buffet area. How was the service around the ship um, from the the crew and staff? Really good, really yeah. nice. They they were very um, they were you know you could tell that they'd been going back and forth to that island so they they were very um they're helpful they seemed very um almost you know they were happy they were happy mm-hmm. to see tourists i think that's what i think that was the bottom line they were happy to have people on board what kind of entertainment does a ship like this because you're only on for two nights pretty much you're leaving palm bay going to freeport and then leaving freeport and going back to palm bay what kind of entertainment is on a two-night sailing like this they had on deck nine. They have like I don't. It was like an open air club. You had one side that had well, it wasn't. It was like separate rooms, but it was a, a good place to have a whole bunch of entertainment at one one area. They had the casino on one side. They had a piano bar farther back because you know it's kind of laid back. They had a sports bar. That was there, and they had one club that they were playing uh, Latin music, which was really fun because there was a lot of high energy in there. So I, I hung out in there for a while. Um, I bounced over to the lounge area where they were doing something. What is it? Kind of games, karaoke, that type mm-hmm. of stuff was going on in the lounge area. And outside, they did. They had stuff going on outside. So there was a lot of good things to do entertainment-wise. They did close the dance club. Uh, the outdoor dance club, because I think they just didn't have uh, a bunch of people that would go up there and, and dance, because this was outdoors. I think it was Deck 11. There weren't enough people to go have a party up there, so the bar was closed. Everything was closed up, um, up in that area. But it was good to go walking there. You know, there was, you needed some, some exercise. You're a runner, right? Yes. Do you normally run the track on the ships, or you do the treadmill in the gym? I I found that the treadmill in, in the gym is you can concentrate more because I don't like dodging people. Mm-hmm. This this is the one thing of that cruise ship that was was sorely lacking. I found that the spa. It's right behind the spa. The spa was beautiful. You know, it was, it was brand new. Everything looked great. But I think the gym area was an afterthought because he had like it was in a corner. It was kind of dark, dingy. Um, they had a few machines there, but uh, the weights were, were pretty, uh, you know, the weights were, were beat up. So I, for probably the first time in, in all my cruises, I did not go to the gym. I just decided, wow. you know what, 
I'll, I'll just walk outside and do that instead of instead of getting on my treadmill. So, with there only being six hundred people on board, were you having to dodge people around the track? Not really. No, not yeah. really. I probably could have done more than I did. I don't know. Maybe I just wanted to read a book, which was. Uh, uh, they do have an internet package. It was mm-hmm. like fifteen dollars per day. But I just brought a book. You know, it was it was so it was so unusual to just sit outside, beautiful weather, sit outside and just read a book and be uh, just do that. And they never they didn't have a um, computer center. They had none of that on this hmm. boat, which I thought was a little odd. They they. Uh, when I did the write-up, when I did my research, they said, oh, yeah, we have six machines, you know, six computers, nothing, nothing. I don't know what happened to that stuff, but it wasn't there. When you're reading a book on a ship, do you prefer a physical book over like a Kindle or an audiobook? I brought my Kindle. Yeah. I brought my Kindle. It takes up less room. Yeah. With my trip to Asia, I just did. I actually brought three books with me, and I wound up reading them and leaving them in the ship's library because they, you're right. They take up so much space, and when you're coming home, you're normally buying stuff from the different ports of call. You need that extra room. But um, I also got turned on to audiobooks on that cruise as well, so I'm, uh, I think I might go the audiobook route now. One did you read? One was a business book, and then the other one is called Cockpit Confidential. It's from an airline pilot. It takes you kind of behind the curtain of just different um, scenarios, and he's taken all of the questions he's gotten over his 20-something years of flying, and he, he puts the question, and then he answers it into his words. And, you know, he's got some sarcasm in there and things. He's, he's from Boston, so he's got that Bostonian kind of attitude in there. Point. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I like it. All right. How was the embarkation and disembarkation for the Port of Palm Bay? Um, the embarkation was was good. It was kind of like an airport. You didn't have any of the, uh, I guess, the porters. Yeah, you usually get to the, the um, you have your suitcases, you give them to a porter, and they load them on the ship. This was more like an airport. You came in, they gave you a little tag, you, you had to roll your luggage um, to the back where they had a little belt, and that's that's pretty much how they did that. So, and then you got onto, you checked in. They had this whole area, like an atrium, that was a one stop shop of excursion, dining. Uh, they had a beverage package. I signed up for a wine tasting, which was outstanding. I would recommend it to anybody. $14, six different types of wine that they. Um, you were served a whole cheese plate, and they were really. It was an interesting, interesting um, experience because they know what they were talking about, and they, um, you know, they asked different people, "Well, what's your opinion on this?" And they did a whole flight, so it was a really good wine tasting for for fourteen dollars. Uh, I would say sign up as soon as you get there, and uh, once you got through that area, then you get right on the ship. So it was really quick. I would say maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes, then I was on the boat. I like when cruise lines do those offerings, the drink package, the restaurant packages before you board, but like, you know, in the actual embarkation area. Because I remember a couple of years ago when I did Norwegian over in Venice, 
they were offering the dining package, different packages, internet and all that. And I actually, I bought the dining package from the, the lady selling it because sometimes it's easier to actually talk to someone and they can actually spell the package out for you than reading it, reading it online. Sometimes it's kind of confusing or misleading. So I think, that, I don't know if Norwegian does that in every port, but I thought that was brilliant that they did that over in Venice because it got us to buy two dining packages. No, I, I agree with you. It's, it's better to ask, and then they show the menus mm-hmm. and all that. So, yeah, yeah I thought this, I thought that was a great idea. I wish more cruise lines did this. Do you have any first-time tips to offer anyone considering sailing the Grand Celebration or the Grand Classica, the other ship? Um, I would say, you know, you're, if you don't expect to have your water slides and all your crazy stuff that they normally, the flow ride or whatever, um, you know, if you go in with that, type of an attitude, I think you really enjoy it. It's a it's a good quick getaway, you know, two nights, three days. You it has all the the things you normally would have on a cruise ship, the dining, the uh clubs, etc. So so I would recommend it. I think it's uh I think it's good for a first time cruise or a girls you know, girls weekend, something like that. It would be very good. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you? I'm going to get kind of corny here, not corny, but I thought just the out, the the outpouring of people who were willing to help whatever damage was on the island, whatever that they could do, it was something that I felt was very important and honestly, I'm going to tell everybody please go back to uh to Freeport they love people. They miss their tourists. It's a beautiful island. I, I can't recommend it enough. And your final thoughts of Grand Celebration? Great ship, great people. You know, they, they really do try hard, even though they're not a big, you know, big cruise ship, but one of the newest cruise ship, whatever. They really do a good job, and it's very enjoyable if you want that quick getaway. Sharon, you're becoming a seasoned guest here on the show. Wait. Doug, I have more in store for you. My husband booked us on the Queen Victoria next year awesome. out of Southampton going to Amsterdam. I love it. And you'll have some ports of call. It's not just a crossing. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I will be talking to you again about that because then I'll compare the two. For sure, yeah. I can't wait to hear about you and your husband's experience on Queen Victoria and good work, too, getting him hooked on cruising, his second in a year, and both on Cunard. So uh, he's getting spoiled there. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sharon. I appreciate it. Sure. Um, I'm sorry I sounded a little anxious during this, but... um... No, this is perfect. It's what people want to hear, not the BS press releases that the cruise lines put out saying, hey, we're back open for business. Everything's all flowery. You gave a real perspective, and I thank you for it. Yeah, that's quite that's true. I hope I conveyed that a bit in this interview. Not that I was a Debbie Downer. I hope not anyway, but I just want I want people to go back there. I just, you know, it's a beautiful island. I remember just going to the beaches. Once they get the hotels back up, I think I think people should go and enjoy it again. No, you weren't a Debbie Downer at all. In fact, I'm trying to think of how to formulate my Asia experience to talk about it because I went through a lot of third world, well, a couple of third world countries and villages where they didn't have running water or electricity. Oh, wow. And it's like, how do you convey that? Because, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like people are complaining about their latte taking too long at Starbucks, but then you're sitting over there in a village full of mosquitoes and 
no running water or sanitation. It's just like you don't realize how good you have it sometimes, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is probably like surreal in some ways, mm-hmm. right? That uh, that you would come across that, that village that was so... Forget about internet. I mean, you yeah. know, they're just probably just trying to survive. Ashley and I were so touched at one of the places we visited and this school was running out of supplies. So we went down to the local market and pretty much bought them out of pencils and paper and had, oh, them, had them brought down oh. to the school because they were... You know, they're not getting much of an education in some of these Cambodian villages. Felt good to do, was, to give back a yeah, little bit, you know. That's lovely. That was lovely. Um, lovely for both of you to, to uh, do. And, Doug, honestly, when you're in New York, um, please give me a call. Yeah, for sure. Because you should check out the island. If you're that close, you know, and the, and the um, LIRR is right here. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes right into Huntington, so it's like an hour Less than an hour from Manhattan. Yeah, I'd love to do that. And Sharon, thanks again for taking some of your Saturday to come join me and talk about your cruise and Freeport experience. It doesn't get the best rap, so I'm hoping that this interview will motivate people to get off the ship and maybe spend a couple of dollars next time they're at Freeport. Thanks again. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. That'll be great. It's always good talking with Sharon. Uh, You might remember she was on a couple of months ago reviewing Queen Mary 2. Her and her husband, they did his first cruise on that ship back in July. And I couldn't tell her I was recording the interview because, well, some people aren't that comfortable when they know you're hitting record. So we were just kind of, our conversations are always all over the map. Just a comfort level thing. I mean, it's like a campfire conversation we're having here. So that's pretty much what it is all right well thank you for checking out this episode of cruise radio rewind a quick reminder cruise radio news if you haven't subscribed to that yet i know a lot of you have already but you can find that at cruise radio news monday through friday quick kits of the news we'd love to have you over there thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you thursday take care you've always had what it takes to make it happen and we know the right tools can make it easier At Strayer University, we're always thinking about new ways to set you up for success. That's why we give you a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program, so you can start off on the right foot and keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.